0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football, presented by Austin Underground at Rick Valvro. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined by Bobby Burton. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. Let us know where you're checking in from. We love to see it, of course, in the chat. And Bobby, man, there's so much news. I don't even know where to start. The last 24 hours has been a whirlwind. But let's start with the SEC schedule, and it came out yesterday. I'm going to put it up here, um, and As you can see, the what sticks out to me and Rod and I talked about this last night. Ray Peters, Oklahoma and Georgia back to back. I think is the one thing that people focus in on on this.
1: Yeah, and I think that's good. Uh, the The interesting thing to me is I actually think if you going down the left side is the order of operations here. It goes Uh row one and then row two. I I actually think this is a very winnable situation for Texas. Like I mean, obviously going to be underdogs at Michigan most most likely. Okay. Uh other under underdog games. I don't think any other game on the left hand side, Texas will be an underdog, including Agreed. OU. So theoretically at least, Texas should be five and one heading into the second half of the schedule. This is where it gets kind of wonky. Georgia would likely be a favorite over Texas unless you know something happens at tra- or transpires at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Then you have Florida at home. I think that's the key one for me to be to be honest. Uh, by getting them at home as opposed to on the road, uh, it's yes. a big hit. Uh, Arkansas and Fayetteville, even though the Hogs are not necessarily a great team, that's always a difficult place for Texas to play. <laughs> Kentucky is going to be surprising most likely, depending on who they get at quarterback uh, in the portal, and then of mm-hmm. course going to So it, the second half of the schedule, even though there's Vanderbilt and Arkansas in there, I think, is the teeth of the schedule next year. I agree. The the thing that will be interesting is whether or not Texas has the horses and the depth, because the depth in the SEC is different than the depth in the Big 12. And Texas had a trump card, I felt like, this year and played it very well, the second half of their schedule in the Big 12, right? Um, Yeah. You saw that with just dominating performance, not only against Texas Tech, uh, but also against uh, Oklahoma State. I thought they were dominating, even though the scoreboard didn't necessarily show it against Iowa State. Uh, so they dominated the first half against TCU. I, I feel like those sorts of things are going to matter, but I, I feel like it's it's backloaded. That schedule is backloaded, starting with uh, uh, the two-time defending champ, uh, uh, Georgia Bulldogs, Blake.
0: Yeah, definitely. And... <laughs> Did you real quick? Not Texas related, but did you see Florida's
1: schedule? You talk about Murderer's Row. <laughs> I heard. Well, they're five Woo. and seven going into looking at four and eight <laughs> yeah.
2: oh, in year three.
1: I mean, really, the chances of Billy Napier making it past December seventh of two thousand twenty-four, if they were taking odds in Vegas on that right now. He would be a fifteen percent odds of making it through December seventh of twenty twenty four. I did see it, Um, and we talked. We've talked about it before. We talked about with Jerry Hamilton uh, as well prior how he's been kind of keying that up uh, for us all. It it is it is murderer's row, and uh, we'll we'll see where that goes. But look, he's he could have he could be a three and out coach at Florida, like not not unlike. Very similar in some ways to Charlie Strong's era at Texas. Yep. Got some good players on campus, but couldn't, you know, couldn't mix the drink, so to speak.
0: Yeah, definitely. I just I'm glad that's not Texas schedule, Bobby. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think yeah. I read this morning six
0: I want to say six of, of, of the people on their schedule were in the top 25 of the college football playoff ranking, and four of those are on the road for them. So <laughs> I'm
1: just I'm glad no it's not Texas. It's good for Texas that it's a home game against Florida too. Yeah. Florida will have similar athletes to Texas. I mean, let's be let's be honest about all of this. I mean, the SEC, the difference level is athlete versus the Big 12 and not necessarily from the high end caliber guys, but the depth of them. And so home field advantage does matter. That's what makes Arkansas a weird game, right? Now, Vanderbilt doesn't have the, Vanderbilt is a road game for Texas. That's great because they don't have a home field advantage. Vanderbilt is the, the one school in the SEC that does not have a home field advantage. There will be more. Vanderbilt is a thousand or eight hundred miles from Austin or whatever it is. Texas will have more fans in the stands than than Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Texas got, I feel like Texas's road schedule, Blake, very, very, very high, very, very good this year. No doubt. All
0: right, Bobby. Well, lots of other news yesterday. Of course, the the big news that broke before the SEC schedule uh, was Malik Murphy, backup quarterback for the Longhorns, going to transfer and uh, put his name in the portal. And oh, sorry, here, there we go. Malik Murphy told uh, ESPN's Pete Thamel he's not going to be with the Longhorns in the college football playoff. Went on to say it's nothing against Texas at all. I'm doing this purely for me and my future. In my eyes, I'll always be a Longhorn
1: and part of this great. Team. Thoughts? Uh, good. everything I heard about Malik from the get-go is that he's been a great teammate uh, Sark has talked about that from the outset he's undergone injury and suffered through that um, look uh, it does two things it clears the path for Arch Manning there's no obfuscation now we know what's going on right I mean some, some people were harboring thoughts that oh maybe it's Malik maybe Malik can get this done and um, all that sort of stuff uh, but the reality of it is, is that that, that that's just not going to happen now. He's going to move on. He's going to do it before the Sugar Bowl, Blake, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. Me um, too. And uh, from that, we'll uh, we'll uh, be talking about, you know, what that means for Arch Manning. He's going to get all those second team reps. So yep. his his uh, true process begins on Saturday when the Longhorns get back to the to the scrimmage field uh, practice field. Uh, getting ready for the for the uh, college football playoff. Uh, I, look, I love Malik Murphy from so many standpoints. Just everything I've heard. Good teammate, puts it together, tries hard, um, has all kinds of all kinds of ability. Y'all saw his arm strength. Um, neat, still has some ways to go, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm very very excited for him and, and what he brings to the table. Yes, no doubt about it. All right, Bob,
0: And then we had some more big news
1: yesterday, of course. I mean,
0: like I said, it was just an action packed day yesterday. I, I, one of the busiest days for Longhorn fans in a while, I would say. But uh, five star Kobe, or I'm sorry, four star Kobe Black, of course, committed to Texas. Big get there. And I'm going to put up his uh, rankings there. As you can see, four star by all the recruiting services out of Waco Connolly. But how big is this get for the Longhorns?
1: Well, you see all those all four stars by every single one. Uh, Ray Peters was there for us yesterday talking talked to his uh, um, coach. Uh, hopefully we can have that interview for you guys later talking about Kobe more in depth. Uh, th- but here here's the, the thing with Kobe. Uh, number 44 overall player in the country, according to uh, on three uh, composite or excuse me, consensus ranking. Number four cornerback. Number 10 player uh, Blake in the country. Uh, and all right. So I, I number 10 player in the state of Texas. Uh, so yeah. all of that going on right now, uh, for the Longhorns, it just was the coup or the cherry on top of a pretty big day. Uh, we talked to Rod Babers about him cause he's a cornerback, you know, and mm-hmm. he just likes that he's a baller. Yeah. And the one thing that we heard yesterday that was that Rod really took notice of, by the way, is that he's talking about taking Ryan Watts's place in the boundary. So he's more of a boundary corner, they think, for the Longhorns out of the gate, uh, which is interesting. uh, Because obviously Ryan Watts gone next year, uh, only returning corners of note. Xavier and Bryce hit the portal for Texas as well. So Manny Muhammad, Gavin Holmes, uh, Terrence Brooks. Beyond that, maybe Warren Roberson is staying at corner. Uh, But uh, look, 21 commitments now for the Longhorns. Hey, By the way, look at this. I want to say here's one of the things that makes me upset about rankings at times. Um, There is a situation. I've got to take a phone call. Like you take this and talk. I've literally got to take this phone call. This is news. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Bobby. All right, guys. So and one thing that Roy did
0: mention yesterday that he really loved about Kobe is that he has great hands uh, because obviously he plays wide receiver for Waco Connolly. So, as you can see in a lot of these clips, you know, great ball skills. Uh, and he said, he, I believe Rod's direct quote was, hands that would make a wide receiver proud, um, as you can see in some of these clips here. So Texas definitely getting a heck of a recruit in Kobe Black. And uh, I'll let this run for just another second here before we move on to the next one and wait for Bobby to come back. Because we also have some other news uh, that about Visits coming up this weekend, of course. And uh, I have no clue what Bobby's working on, but very, very big news there uh, as Kobe Black, the four star corner out of Waco Connolly, commits to the Longhorns. And I think he's finishing it up and he's coming back in right now. So here he is, Bobby. Yeah. All right. But yeah, <laughs> I was telling him, you know, one thing that Rod loved about Kobe was that he plays on offense and has great hands. You know, he said hands that would make a wide receiver proud.
1: Yeah. The other thing I want to say this about the, the, the hands, it's not the one thing that I talked to Charles power head of recruiting for uh, on three uh, rankings and what they have dinged Kobe for more than anything. It's not his play on the field. So, and I say dinged, and he's ranked the 44th best player in the country. Okay. (laughs) What they think is, Oh, well, he scratched his 40 times everywhere he's went when he went to under armor camps or whatever, Camps or whatever—that's the thinking. Well, we don't know if he's truly that fast, right? And they may be right. Okay, but when you watch him on film, he's running away from everyone every single time. Yeah, it's not like it's 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 if he he may be a four-five-five five guy. B- Bryant Westbrook was a four-five-five five guy and went top five overall in the NFL draft. Um And so my my take on this, and and what I would say uh, to people on it is if he's running away from everybody, then don't worry about, it. you know, that it's not, his functional speed is better than his 40 yard dash speed. Uh, now, will that ultimately come back and hurt him in the NFL draft? Possibly. Possibly, but it won't hurt him in in, in college football. Not if he's actually running away from people right now. Yeah. Uh, and that's my contention. And one of the reasons why I think that he's better, than what he's even ranked, even though he's ranked 44th in the country. Rod Rod Babers was like, "Why is this guy ranked this way?" When I think he's probably a top 10, 15 player that I've seen. You, you see what I'm saying? So there's a from from a, that standpoint, people have to have to recognize uh, that sort of thing as well. No doubt about it. All right, Bobby.
0: Well, we have Haley Eckerman coming up here in a minute, but before we get to her, one other thing that we need to talk about is we have a couple of visitors coming in uh, a big one with the transfer portal and that's the Clemson safety, I believe coming in. Uh, tell everybody about that.
1: Yeah. Andrew McCuba is expected to visit Texas uh, today. He's actually a nickel back that they're recruiting him as a nickel. Uh, he's a two two year starter at nickel for Clemson. He's originally from Austin LBJ and was coached by Jamal Finner, uh, Blake uh, Finner, the director of high school relations for the Texas football program, uh, McCuba. And there is possibly another uh, visitor as well. Uh, I believe, Uh, but we're going to wait and see if we can confirm that Uh, other guys right now, still on the list, to my knowledge for Texas, Matthew golden, the wide receiver out of Houston. He put his name officially in the portal. Uh, Holden stays the tight end out of Notre Dame had 15 catches for 176 yards uh, as a sophomore, originally from Atlanta, Westminster. Uh, He is visiting. He's already visited Tennessee. Um, He's already, he's going, uh, gone to Washington already. He's headed to OU on Friday, tomorrow. I think he can make a midday trip to Texas today. We're on the lookout for that a little bit. Uh, then you have Trey Moore, uh, Jamari Caldwell out of Houston, the defensive lineman Moore, of course, the edge prospect from UTSA. And here's a new name for folks that you haven't heard yet on at, in the defensive backfield. He's also a nickel. Brandon Johnson. Brandon Johnson out of Duke is in the portal and would be of interest to the texas longhorns so keep that one uh put that one out there for you guys uh definitely someone that texas is looking at uh longhorns again electing to be very very choosy in the portal let's talk to Haley. let's uh yep. let's have some fun with her she's on a little early let her, let's let her get on her day all uh,
0: right we're gonna we're gonna bring her in and hey and Haley, you're, you're oh there you go i was gonna say you're muted but you're good now so how are you doing this morning
2: i'm good how are you uh,
0: we're here and we're good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, Haley, uh, national champion, Haley Eckerman, by the way, for the University of Texas. Uh, thanks and for coming into the program. The reason we're having you on today, it's a pretty big day in Longhorn Volleyball. Uh, Texas in the national semifinals uh, later today, they take on Wisconsin. I believe the game's at 830. Is that
2: right, Haley? I think so. I know. I'm, I'm normally in Eastern time. And so <laughs> I'm so confused now on what time I even had to text, Blake, like, like you said, 830 Central time, right? Like I just got here to Iowa yesterday and I'm like, I don't know if my app has updated on the ESPN <laughs> website to tell me what time it is, but I think it's 830. Yeah.
1: I gotcha. Well, Haley, thank you for joining us. And and you're now the head coach at Kent State. Is that accurate? Yes, yes you right. At- Yet you're still rocking your Longhorn gear. I love that.
2: You got to do it today, I, right? I get a couple days out of the year to rock it. Um, and now, you know, we're in a quiet period for volleyball. And volleyball time for championships is when I rock it. And then, of course, you know, with football coming up, I'll rock some Texas gear. But other than that, you know, when you have kids that constantly are seeing you um, representing Kent State, it's a little tough to to rock the burnt orange. But every now and then, I'll pull it out.
1: Well, I appreciate we appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, Haley, two-time All-American, I believe, national champion. Jared Elliott's first at Texas, by the way, uh, right, uh, 20, uh, 2012. They won the Long- the Longhorns behind Logan Eggleston, Madison Skinner, that whole group, a year ago, won the national championship, his second. He's now taking the Longhorns into their 11th, I believe, final four tonight. Um The Longhorns beat number one Stanford to go into the final four in the the quarterfinals to make it to this final four. They have Wisconsin. The other side of the draw is Nebraska and Pitt. Um, If you're like I know you're a Texas fan and, and went to Texas, so you're rooting for the Longhorns. But if you were in Vegas, per se, or whatever, who is supposed to win this tournament? Is Texas supposed to win tonight? Like give, give fans a realistic, what, what people in the volleyball world think are going to happen over the next two or three days here.
2: Yeah. You know, if I am just looking at it from a, a volleyball fan, not a Texas one, I, you know, I think obviously Texas is going to have a tough match just because, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys watched Wisconsin's games where they posted the sizes, the heights of the girls, yeah. <laughs> and they matched it with like LeBron and you know, all these players and, and so it's going to be, you know, a, a tough match in that sense just with the block. But um, the plus side of Texas has always had um, players on the other side preparing us for that. Um, and so they've got the size, um, not necessarily six nine. That would be great to have in your gym. Um, but, you know, I think if they can kind of work around the block, that's going to be huge for them. If they can get everybody involved. The other side is tough, though. Like Pitt's got uh, they just announced freshman of the year kid on their team that's doing really well. Um, but Nebraska's got some kids. They're young. So not really having a lot of people that have been in this experience um, and being a head time coach, I realize that uh, uh, that's tough. Um, if you don't have kids that know what it's like. And so the fact that Texas has Maddie and Asia um, is going to be big, they're going to have to really kind of take the reins on this and control the emotions and everything. Um, but I don't really know who's going to on the other side. That's it's a tough one. I think, you know, I thought Nebraska was going to kind of ease through it against Arkansas and Arkansas pulled a set off of them, but they both have to play perfect kind of in a sense. You can't have someone take a, a set or a, a point off. Yep. Haley, go I got there. a
0: question Okay, no, Go, go uh, ahead. I yeah, question
1: for you. So you mentioned Madison Skinner, uh, clearly an, an all-American high, high level, as high as you get basically, right? Asia O'Neill, Jermaine O'Neill's daughter for people that don't aren't familiar with with Asia. But she's she's back from that national championship team and been a focal point more than just one year. Who are some of the younger or people names that people aren't as familiar with in Texas volleyball that have stepped up this year with the departure of like Logan Eggleston and those folks?
2: Yeah, um, obviously, Ella, the setter um, to have a freshman come in and, and really do what she's doing. Um is really good. And I think that's the the piece though, that Asia and Maddie will have to kind of continue to guide her um, and kind of rein her in and not let her get frayed. If anything, you know, if they hit adversity um, and I think they really did a good job of that last week. I think Jenna has stepped up a lot. Um, and then just the back row um, and it, there's so many names that you could name off, but they're making big time plays. And when you lose someone like a Zoe Fleck, um and and have to fill that shoe i think everybody's doing a really good job back row at controlling that and i think that's going to be the biggest piece if they can win the serve and pass game um that'll make it really hard to control the game
0: interesting well Haley, i know you're you're always busy at kent state now the head coach there the head volleyball coach but how often i mean do you, do you still talk to coach elliot do you, are you still involved with the longhorn volleyball program to a degree
2: Yeah. Yeah. Jared will text me, especially like right as season's about to start, I'll usually get a text of, hey, how's preseason going? Um, We were texting the other night after the Stanford match. Um, But usually when we're out on the road recruiting, I'll talk to him. Or, you know, if I'm going through some culture building and uh, those pieces, you know, I'll call him. I'll call even Tanya, who's now at LSU. And I'll call Salima. And those are the people that they – I saw how our team handled things. And so when it came down to it, those are the ones that I go to. I, I,
1: I, I'm looking at this and it's got to be, we talk about all the time, rising tide lifts all ships at Texas. We talked to Kat Osterman about this from on the female side. Uh, we talked to Rodney Terry, the head basketball coach, about it. How the better the golf team is, the better the football team is, the better the baseball team is. It's kind of like the better the women's soccer team has improved so much over the last couple of years. It's like a rising tide lifts all ships. And there's almost it's not inner competition among the sports, but it's inner pride that you're fighting pride. You don't want to be the one that's wearing the burnt orange. That's not kicking butt. Right. Is that kind of the feeling?
2: Yeah, it, I mean, that's another reason why I wanted to go to Texas when I was being recruited. I wanted to go to a program that was successful all around. Um, and and although we had some little downhills throughout that in other sports, it it just is a, a place that everybody's going to support everybody. I mean, you saw RT um, shouting out them after the game um, that they had. And, you know, it, it's, it's a support that now when I go to other programs, I want to make sure that's how – their staff is. Um, and that's really how Kent State. it. When it's family, it's family. Um, and you can tell it's not a, it's not Chris Conte saying, Hey RT, when you go into this press conference, go shout out them. Um, or Hey RT, I need you to come watch the football game. Um, the big 12 conference game. Like they're wanting to do that. And I think that's the piece that then allows their athletes to want to support. Um, and then when I see a basketball player at my game, then I'm going to want to go support basketball. Like it, it just makes it to where, Everybody wants to support everybody, but it starts from the top down.
0: We have a a viewer question that I think is is actually a good one here from Christopher Weatherford. He says, Haley, what's been the toughest transition for you from being a star player to going to a coach? And what do you think? Do you love the recruiting piece of it?
2: Yeah, this year was really a test um, to that first question (laughs) um, because I was trying so hard to fix things as a player. Um, and you know, we would go into games and I'm like, well, when I play, this is how I would do it, or this is how I would approach it. Um, and I had to kind of realize not necessarily lower my standard, but change the standard, um, because Texas volleyball is at a whole different level than Kent state. So you get to where you're like almost disappointing yourself when you're wanting them to go beat a national champion team and they're not going to get to that point yet. And so, especially we were young and kind of immature on the court. And so that's been the hardest piece is having to take myself out as the player um, and and try to figure out how to fix it as a coach. And kids have changed so much. Like there's, these athletes are so different um, and trying to figure out how to navigate that and how to navigate kind of what they need um, to be successful. Um, as far as the recruiting piece, um, it's definitely difficult in a sense of if you're not a par five, it's hard to like, get the flashiness. Like kids want flashy um, and they want money. And NIL, if you're not in a power five, it's kind of tough to get. Like we don't have collectives that are giving a million dollars to the program. So trying to really find kids that are going to be loyal to the program um, is hard, especially because Um, like right now we're on a quiet period. And so we're on that until February, which tournaments start in January. So you go the first two months without getting to see kids play. And how do you see the kids that you want to play? And it's, it's tough. Um, but it makes it fun, you know, when you can get them on campus and you really get those kids that are bought into your program.
0: So I got to ask this, you know, I remember when you went when you started coaching at Tarleton, Coach Schindler actually lived down the street from me, like a few houses down. Um, And then you went over to TCU. What drew you to Kent State? And tell folks what y'all got going on there right now.
2: Yeah. So um, obviously, with Joe being let go at TCU, I was kind of at a point of um, and, and never wanted to leave Tarleton. But when an opportunity to work for TCU, a power five came about. Um, And it was an hour down the road. It was a why wouldn't I kind of thing. Um, I was almost in a sense of wanting to be locked down and bought into a program for multiple years. And as an assistant coach, that's kind of hard to do. Um, I was at Lamar before Tarleton and my boss, I got let go there Um, and then wanted to really just kind of find some stability. Uh, I was tired of living out of a box for eight months and packing up and moving to a different city. So started to kind of look into the head coaching spots, um, came across Kent State from a couple of people that kept mentioning it. And it's crazy. It's one of those things like when you start thinking about something, it starts popping up. So their basketball team started playing on um, CBS Sports and all that. And I'm like, what are the odds that now I'm getting ready to interview and now I'm seeing, you know, that they played against A&M and they played against Iowa and football and um Took the visit and was like, you know, am I ready to move back to the Midwest? Do I want to move out of Texas? My name is so much bigger in Texas in the club world um, and fell in love with it. It's when I say that, you know, I talked about that family piece. Like, I think we have like 30 to 40 employees that either were Kent State alum or had worked there and came back. Um, and, And my values and morals just of understanding that I got the chance to go play professionally, but not everybody else is going to and that they value boldly preparing for life after sport. So wanting to make sure that when these kids are done here, you know, they know what job is next or they know where they're going to go to grad school next or what they're going to do next. And that's something that I value, um, as a coach. And so just those pieces kind of fell in. And when I left the interview, I called my mom at the airport and I'm like, I want this job. Like now I hope they get it. Cause I don't want to get my hopes so, up. Like I really want this job and it's been great. Um, my first year I got there and I kept everybody, all 18 of their kids. So it was great because we had kind of a program established. Um, and then I graduated eight and five went in the portal. So it was like, <laughs> fresh, um, where most people do all of that early on their first year, they wipe out, they bring in kids, but it was so late in the process that I wasn't going to get anybody. Um, and the way our volleyball season with recruits work is kind of June 15th that year before that class is when you really get to kind of know kids. So the 2023 class was pretty much already like taken over. Um so this year I had 11 new kids and I only had 4 from the returning team and so it was like year 1 all over again. Um and then on top of that we had injuries. I think I don't had I don't think I had one consistent lineup the whole season. I had 3 kids with covid one week and It was just like, what else can happen? And what is the trainer going to text me um, to tell me who's out right now? I think at one point we had seven players and all of us coaches had to play and I had to bring in former alumni to play. And so now is kind of the culture building year um, and and getting that established this spring.
1: Haley, thank you so much for joining us. I got to ask you who you got tonight between Wisconsin and Texas uh, (laughs) for entering into the College uh, college uh, finals of the volleyball uh, championships.
2: So we uh, used to have an alum or a uh, uh, announcer with us, Geeter, and he would always say, "Tonight and every night, I ride with Texas." And so, of course, I'm riding with my Longhorns. <laughs> oh,
1: Haley Ackerman, thank you, head state head coach, Kent State University, Hookham, Haley, and best thank of luck you. with you and your future. Thank you. All right, have a good one. What a great, uh, great representative of the University of Texas, and uh, <laughs> very, very happy for her as she moves forward uh, in her life. And uh, Longhorns play Wisconsin uh, tonight. Uh, The first match, and how it works, Blake, actually the first match is between Nebraska and Pitt. And just Mm -hmm. like a basketball tournament, they wait about 30 minutes, 45 minutes for the next match to start. So it's not a hard and fast time when the Longhorns will play tonight. So you may be up late watching them, uh, but we (laughs) certainly appreciate her national champion. Haley Eckerman, two-time Nash, uh, two-time All-American as well. Blake, uh, before, I, I want to give you, you guys some information that I just got. But first, I want to say thank you uh, to our sponsor, Austin Underground. Since 2004, Austin Underground has specialized in difficult commercial li- installations. The team's engineering background gives Austin Underground the ability to perform work other firms often consider too risky. Rick Vavro and his team offer an end-to-end client experience, including... Seamless communication, budgeting, staffing, and top-notch trade partners. And most importantly, they produce solid quality work every time. That's Austin Underground. Uh, Appreciate them and their sponsorship. Rick Vavro and his team do a great job uh, for other businesses. Uh, All right, so a couple of news and notes. Texas, apparently not. We do not expect Juice Wells, uh, the wide receiver from South Carolina, to be in this weekend after all. That's what we're hearing as of right now. Uh, the Longhorns seem to be focused on other receivers, uh, including Matthew Golden out of the University of Houston. We also have mentioned Holden Stays, the tight end uh, out of Notre Dame. Uh, we've mentioned Trey Moore, Andrew McCuba. We expect uh, him, the, uh, the nickelback out of Clemson. And then uh, a new name for folks to, to keep be aware of, Brandon Johnson, a, a, a nickelback out of Duke uh, as well. But right now we do not expect Juice Wells in. On campus this weekend.
0: Very interesting. A lot of stuff happening, Bobby. Today or the next few days, maybe as busy as yesterday. <laughs>
1: hey, let's talk about Trey Owens a little bit too. I, yeah. I, I uh, Trey's coming on the show tomorrow afternoon uh, with us. He just won the biggest award you can win in Houston, uh, guys. Uh, last night he was at the Houston Touchdown Club Club Award. There's a picture with that he sent me this morning with Coach Milwee on the left. Steve Sarkeesian, obviously, on the right. Uh, Trey won the Greater Houston Touchdown Club Offensive Player of the Year uh, Award. Passed this season for 3,333 yards, 43 touchdowns. Blake, we talk about good TD to INT ratios. That's about 6 to 1. Anywhere from 4 to 6 to 1 is good in college football. Well, Trey Owens this year was 10 to 1. 43 TDs to 4 interceptions. Completed seventy-two percent of his passes. Uh, we appreciate him, Blake. You have that interview that uh, that uh, the guys at Vibe allowed us uh, said we could uh, play today in this yes, show. Sir.
0: I sure do, that. Bobby. Let me get it going here. All right, dude. You wrap up
1: the high school career with the touchdown offensive player of the year. How cool was that? Um, that uh,
0: that's one of my top like dream bucket list kind of things that have coming into high school. All those big name, big name guys winning it. Obviously, when I was like a little freshman. I thought it was pretty cool if I went it. So, uh, now nah, it's a blessing. I mean, all glory to God and family, and coaches, and teammates, and friends that have been been with me this whole process. And it's awesome to see you wrap up this way.
1: How cool is it with University of Texas coaches here as well with the support? It's super cool. Um, yeah, it,
0: it's it was awesome. I didn't even know they came to these. So, seeing them here was. It's pretty awesome, and then obviously winning it in front of them is even better. So hopefully, it leaves an impression, and then I'll be up there in January to start practicing the team and everything. Finally, just talking. All right, Bobby. So as you as you could hear there, he's he's pretty excited about it and honored, obviously, that Sark and the guys came to to watch him there.
1: Yeah, no, he's excited, and he should be. I mean, uh, I also want to say hat tip to Kenny Harrison, the former Longhorn coach, uh, Longhorn player who's now the coach at Summer Creek. They play in the state championship game on Saturday. Uh, he was named co-coach of the year uh, in the greater Houston area, along with Willie Gaston, the head coach over at uh, North Shore. So Kenny Harrison also winning an award. Sark, uh, by the way, yes, last night, Sark, Jeff Banks, Kyle Flood, all in attendance uh, at that, uh, and A.J. Milwe, obviously, all in attendance at those award ceremonies. Uh, not only did they have, not only was Trey Owens up for it, Nate Kibble, the offensive lineman out of Atascocita, was up for it. Uh, And then Jordan Washington, the tight end, he was not up for the award, but they made a home visit with him last night as well. Jeff Banks uh, and Steve Sarkeesian.
0: Hey, Bobby, sorry to interrupt here, but I just got some news myself. uh, And this is going to answer Gage Sheets' question. Dylan DeSue will be available this weekend against LSU. So he'll be making his season debut for the Longhorns which is a huge, huge get for Rodney Terry because they've been needing him back in a big way.
1: Absolutely. Anything that adds to that because they they have been – now we're going to see if Rodney Terry's preseason evaluation of the team and how he wants them to play will actually work because they've been kind of doing it with one hand tied behind their back going inside to come outside. Um, and so we'll see now with Dsu if this strategy that, that – uh, not only uh, Rodney Terry, but Frank Haith, uh, Chris Ogden, those guys uh, have thought about and, and tried to utilize all year, actually comes to pass with DSU back in the, in the lineup.
0: Yeah, so huge, huge get there. That's really going to help them out. All right, Bobby, well, if you're ready, I'm going to let everybody know about prize picks out there. Uh, and prize picks is a skill-based, real-money, daily fantasy sports game. You simply pick between two to six players, and if they'll go more or less than their prize picks projection. It's just you versus the projections available instead of battling thousands of other players. It's really simple to play. It takes almost no time. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds, which I love. Uh, Prize picks, it also adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing experience. You can watch your progress update in real time. You can win up to 25 times your entry amount, and you can easily cash out your winnings with quick withdrawals. And tonight, I'm all over the NBA action. They're running a big Christmas special right now for Kevin Durant. All he he has to do is score one point, Bobby. I'd say that's about as close to a guarantee as you can get. So obviously, you got to go with that. And then I'm also selecting Boston's Derek White to go over 15 points. So to join me in those picks, you can go to prizepickscom slash on Texas. You can use promo code on Texas, and they'll give you a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash on Texas, promo code on Texas. Get that first deposit match of up to $100. Join me in those picks. Get in on that Christmas special with Kevin Durant because, I mean, that's a no-brainer there. And that's PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports
1: made easy. I I tell you what, it looks looks to me, Blake, like uh, PrizePicks is one of those games that can get addictive. So uh, be aware of that, guys, and, and uh, make sure you you're smart. But one one point for Kevin Durant yeah, it, uh, seems easy. like a, a no brainer a little bit to me. But I, uh, I I am I have had my my fill of trying to figure that kind of stuff out for a long time. I know you've been doing it for a while. You like that app, Blake, and everything. I do.
0: I, I it, it's you know it's definitely a, a different way. That, that's what I like about it. You know, you're not really going to get that anywhere else, like with your normal stuff, you know, so picking rebounds or, you know, uh, points or what you know, assists, whatever, it gives it like a different a different avenue, I guess, to do stuff like that. And that's what kind of makes it fun to me. Not always the best at it, Bobby, by any means, but hey, that KD deal, that's going to help me out tonight. There ain't no doubt.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's, here's the reality of it. It's daily fantasy. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it, right? Yep. And uh, so best of luck to those people. Make sure you use that $100 match program. If you just use code on Texas, use code mm-hmm. on Texas,
0: and that'll and get it done. They're running all kinds of Christmas specials, so you got to jump in on that every day. But um, let's let's move on, Bobby. We still got a lot to talk about. We got some super chats that we need to get to, and if you're ready, we'll go ahead and jump over to them.
1: Yeah, and I have one more piece of news. Let me. Uh-oh. uh let's hear it. So I've been holding this back until we got more. I, I got some uh, additional confirmation. Texas, so Texas still expecting Xavier Philsme. Uh, for an official visit this weekend. That's young man out of McKinney, uh, Blake Gideon, and those guys expect to do a home visit today uh, with him. Um, I'm hearing that uh, it is still possible that Ty Anthony Smith comes in on a visit, even though uh, it is being said publicly that he is not. So we'll wait and see if that's actually reality. I mean, Ty Anthony is, he's got people pulling him from every single direction. The Jasper head coach right now is saying, Hey, Let's let him let's let him be him. And I think that's a great idea. To be fair, uh, he's trying to get through it. He has affirmed his commitment to A&M, but we don't know what's going to happen this weekend. And I'm being told it's not Hunter Andrews, but I'm being told that there's another player in the high school ranks that is expected to be on campus this weekend for an official visit. So. Let, let's 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 know that that person, by the way, is not D. Lynn Evans. Um, somebody's asking about asked me about him. Uh, I, I was told that uh, Aaron Hampton and uh, on their uh, unofficial visit, or excuse me, their home visit yesterday, Aaron Hampton out of uh, Dangerfield has reaffirmed his pledge to Texas following a visit with Blake Gideon. Well, uh, Blake Gideon met Aaron Hampton at the Chipotle in <laughs> in Longview, Texas yesterday. Well, guess who else was there at the Chipotle uh, visiting? And that was Dealen Evans. Uh, the longtime commitment to Texas A&M that also visited uh, Florida. He is now not expected to sign with anybody in December. Another A&M commitment possibly peeling, peeling off here. Uh, yes, uh, he probably ate two bowls, whereas Aaron Hampton and Blake Daniels <laughs> won. one. Uh, Dalen's 6'4", 290 pounds. Uh, but he is now visiting. He says he's visiting Texas, USC, and Oklahoma. In January, according to on Three's Jerry Hamilton, our friend Blake, long-term and will remain friends forever uh, with him, he told told them that Texas, USC, and Oklahoma getting visits in January, although A&M, to their credit, trying to get Evans back on campus this weekend to try to close him out of that deal, but uh, we shall see. Uh, how that goes. All right. Now we can go to super chats. I think I, I, think <laughs> hey, I, I, I think did, the basket with all the news that I have right now.
0: I think people, uh, even the people that put in the super chats, I think they thought they probably thought that news was well worth it. So <laughs> for, to wait on their super chat. All right. This first one here from Michael Schuler, Bobby. He says checking in from Leander. Where's the party going to be at downtown after we win the Natty 25 Woo! days? From
1: now? Look them I like wow. Twenty five days from now. I can't even imagine. I don't know yet, um, but I am a Houstonian, a Houston native. So if I'm, I'm definitely going to New Orleans. I know where the party is there. It's going to be at Manning's. Uh, We've talked about this. I haven't even thought about where it could be in Houston. I mean, we're going to need, like, if we need a place with fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred people for for New Orleans, uh, in Houston, you're going to need a place like ten thousand. So. I, I could imagine somewhere downtown uh, there's a couple different parks that are in, I mean, this man, I don't know. And you could take the, you can, well, the good thing about that, you can take the tram uh, from downtown Houston. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I don't want to do <laughs> that. I want to jinx it. Let's focus on Washington. I'm, oh, I, I'm, I'm too superstitious to do that. Don't do that. To <laughs> don't do that. To Let's focus on sure. Washington right now. When, Win the, win the uh, Sugar Bowl. Uh,
0: Bobby, I got I to gotta, uh, go ahead and admit I was wrong. I picked Toler uh, yesterday against Timpson, and Timpson wiped the floor with Toler last night. Justin Dowdy says, Blake, don't bet against the speed of East Texas. 100%, you're right. 100%, I was wrong. Brett Rasko. 100%, you were right. 100%, I was wrong. And then Casey here says, did you see the rest of that uh, game last night? Toler was completely outmatched athletically. The more I watch, I feel like Toler should have a different offensive scheme for their skill set. I Toler does hey, they what they do the the very well.
1: They went to the state championship, though.
0: Yeah, and they they do what they do very well. Um, I have heard some things behind the scenes that may have affected that. I I don't want to get into it, but, you know, hats off to Timpson. Hats off to Terry Bussey. He was amazing last night. There's no doubt about it. But, Bobby, I don't know if you know this or not. He had the A&M sticker on the back of his helmet. However, he was wearing Texas gloves during the game. (laughs) These (laughs) kids,
1: they, they love toying with us. Yeah, it's
2: just
0: I, part I, of
1: the fun. And I, I, I believe with
0: that I with mean, Someone can correct me in the chat if I'm wrong, but I, I, I was sick last night. I didn't get to really watch it. I'm going to go back and watch it this morning before the new games begin. Uh, but I believe he wore uh, Texas gloves first and then LSU gloves in the second half or maybe vice versa. But uh, it, he's obviously, you know, getting people's attention with that because it's definitely some message board chatter. No doubt about it. So, but yes, you guys were right and I was wrong. I'm happy to admit it. So, all right, Bobby, uh, let's see here. We got some more questions. Uh, Captain Americano. let's talk about Washington for a minute. He says, with Malik entering the portal ahead of the playoffs, I'm assuming Sark is preparing a package for Arch in case of injury. What do you think that would look like? Would it be heavy on the run game and RPOs?
1: Man, this is a great question. Um look, Arch does have a running element uh to his game that Quinn lacks. Period. Uh we saw we've seen that already, right? Even in limited action with Arch. Um I think it would be RPO heavy. Uh, I don't think you want to throw into coverage with Arch a bunch as a as a young player, right? I mean, it's they'll try to trick him. Um the problem it, you know you don't want to also go into that game. It'll depend on what the score is, right? So if you're in the, if that happens, say in the second half, third quarter, and it's twenty four twenty one, what it, it would be different than if it's twenty four ten what yep. you would do. And so I think it's game dependent, but I definitely, as far as an overall offensive scheme, you would have to think they go RPO and maybe a little zone read action at times. Uh, because as good and as talented and as um, accelerated his development is because who of who his parents are and uh, uncles are, et cetera, I think that you still have to go with things that you know a young quarterback can do in the heat of the moment. And what is good about Arch Manning and all these young quarterbacks coming out, they throw RPO game early in their high school career. And so they're accustomed to, to throwing RPO. So the, I think that, I think Americano's right. I think you go RPO. I really do.
0: And hey, a good point uh, brought up here. Uh, oh, I thought I, I thought I started, but I believe it was Archmania. Uh, yeah, he says guys, Arch has been in this offense or this type of offense for five years now because I mean, what they ran in high school is kind of similar to what Sark does. So, got to think that would help him. All right, we. uh uh, we have a, um, a super chat here from J.A.R. Thank you, J. And he says, y'all scared me to death by the thumbnail. Had me thinking Byron Murphy was in the portal. It is too early for that. LOL. I haven't seen the thumbnail yet. I'll have to check it
1: out here in a minute. Well, Malik Murphy's in the portal, guys. Uh, we, we should do a reset a little bit, Blake, because there's been 700 That's people join us uh, since the beginning of the show. You want me to try to do that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Run it down, Bobby. So news of the day. All right, let's start with this. Here is the schedule for the University of Texas. It was released last night, uh, the SEC schedule. As you can see, there are seven home games for the Longhorns. It starts and goes down the left-hand side, and then the second half of the season is on the right-hand side. I really believe the second half of the season is kind of loaded. Georgia, Florida, Kentucky, AM. and Those are all four uh, top half talent-wise in the SEC. Okay. Arkansas and Vanderbilt are not in the top half, but Arkansas, as we know, is always going to be tough on the road for Texas. Yeah. It's a lifelong rival for many people. Arkansas, that's kind of like going, I don't know, to Texas Tech. Like, te- Texas sees Tech as a little bit of a rival. Texas sees Arkansas probably as a little bit more of a rival the, the older people do, uh, like myself. But, it's kind of like that. It's kind of a nagging rival, not a true rival. Uh, Vanderbilt's the only one that should be a walk. That won't be a, a, a really contested game. So that second half of the SEC schedule looks kind of difficult. Uh, the other news, Malik Murphy is in the portal. Uh, the uh, sophomore out of Gardena, Sarah, in California announced he's going in the portal. Also told Pete Thamel of, the, of ESPN that he is not going to be available for the Sugar Bowl. So that's why when the Americano asked that question about who would be coming or what we would be doing with Arch Manning to get him prepared, that's what precipitated that. Uh, Murphy, uh, I want to be clear and I want to say this Malik Murphy hook him because Texas wouldn't be mm-hmm. where they are today without his performance against Kansas State in that first half. He completed a fourth down pass, if you remember, late in the third late in the fourth quarter. Okay. Took the reins at, at uh, against BYU as well. So, you know, I wish that young man in his future nothing but the best. Steve Sarkeesian, I'm told, is going to help him find a place that makes sense for him. Uh, Sark, all in on that uh, situation. But then we had Kobe Black, uh, the Waco Connolly uh, defensive back, announcing yesterday uh, for the Longhorns. He becomes the 21st commitment for Texas. Six foot, 190 pound cornerback. Number 44 overall prospect in the country. According to the On3 consensus, uh, Black choosing Texas over just about everybody in the country, to be fair. a uh, and OU, Oklahoma State were some of the, the local flair, but he could have gone anywhere, uh, to be honest. Uh, and then the other news, uh, Trey Owens, a young man out of Houston, uh, won the Houston Touchdown Club Player of the Year as the best player in the city of Houston. Uh, Owens had 43 touchdowns as a senior to just four interceptions. And then we have... Official visits coming up, we believe Andrew McCuba, this, the uh, cornerback out of Clemson, will be on campus today. It's possible that Holden stays, a tight end out of Notre Dame, is on campus today. He visits Oklahoma tomorrow, so it could be a quick turnaround visit. Uh, there are other guys and other news going on, including visits coming in this weekend. Uh, we think there's going to be a surprise high school visitor over the weekend that has not been uh, named to date. So uh, be aware of all of that. That that gives you a reset and get you back going about uh, everything we talked about earlier this morning.
0: There you go. And let's go back to Trey Owens for a minute, Bobby. Uh, We have a couple of questions on him that I'd like to ask you and get your opinion on Arnold says, do y'all think his star rating rises after a good senior season or maybe not even star, but just ranking in general.
1: It should. um, But I, I haven't talked to Charles specifically about him. I, you know, my, and I say Charles, Charles power does the rankings for, for on three. I, I've, Look, my my take on this is 43 touchdowns and four interceptions is rare, period. Um, his arm strength is extremely good. His movement in the pocket has become, uh, especially this year, more functional is the best way to put it. You know, some people move in the pocket awkwardly. His movement in the pocket has become more functional and he's become a better player for it. He's not looking to run. Don't get me wrong. He's not a runner. Um, he's much like Quinn in that regard. Actually, he's a functional runner, but he's not a runner runner. Um, and, you know, look, I think he's a four star. I think he's one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the country. He's not ranked that way, but he's got a top 10 arm. He's got, you know, top 10 accuracy, top 10 T D INT ratio. He's a big kid. Y'all saw that picture earlier. Do you still have that picture? of him and Sark and Milwee that you can bring up?
0: Give me just a second here, Bobby, and I will bring it up. You
1: you guys can get a sense of just how big Trey Owens is. I mean, and uh, Sark, has Sark missed on a QB yet, in y'all's opinion? I mean, you think Quinn Ewers went and got him. He's pretty good. Went and got Malik Murphy. Everybody was kind of doubting Murphy, right? Well, he looked pretty good in times. He looked like he was going to be three years' time going to be worth a lot of money. Arch Manning, you debating him for that one. Trey Owens now, KJ Lacey next. Sarks pretty good, but look at that. Sarks right at six foot. How, yeah. how tall you think Trey Owens looks?
0: I'd say six five, six six,
1: maybe. <laughs> He's six four officially, I think. But we'll talk to him tomorrow on the live stream. He's going to join us. Uh, but just very happy about him and. Uh, Him winning that award, uh, because I know that that TD Club award is a really cool one. Sark was on hand. That's where that picture came from. Trey sent it to us this morning. So uh, happy to have that uh, happen.
0: Uh, One more Trey Owens question. Uh, Then we got a super chat from UT Boy that we need to get to. Football Texas says, Bobby, does Owen slide into the quarterback three role now, or
1: does someone else from perhaps maybe the portal join the team? They're not looking at a QB in the portal. Uh, Not right now, unless it's just somebody that, Wants to come to Texas. That's a grad transfer that maybe was a backup previously. They're not they're not looking at it. Um, he will compete for the third string job with Charles Wright. As long as Charles Wright stays on campus, uh, he could potentially transfer after the Sugar Bowl. Uh, not sure that he would or why he would, but uh, something to keep an eye on, potentially, uh, even though I think his dad graduated from Texas. I mean, Charles Wright wants to be at Texas, so I'm not suggesting that. Um, He will compete it right away for three would be my, be my guess. I don't think Texas goes to the portal unless it's some kind of grad transfer that doesn't even get a scholarship, right. That just wants to start business school at Texas and get, get, get in that way by playing football at the same time as a preferred walk-on.
0: All right. Then we have a super chat here from Patrick Page Uh, real quick, since it has to do with what we're talking about. He says UT will be a quarterback factory. Texas equals SC 2.0.
1: Hey, I agree. Uh, it could be Alabama 2.0. I mean, Tua, yeah,
2: they've uh, been on a run.
1: Bryce Young, uh,
2: uh, what's his name? To the Patriots? Hurts,
1: Patriots, Mac Jones. Yep. Think about the people that have been involved in that run, by the way, and why it's kind of drying up a little bit right now. That was Steve Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin back-to-back. for, for And, yes, he had Bill O'Brien, and that's probably why it stopped. You know, um, I mean, and, and that's no offense to Jalen Milrow because he's very much like a Jalen Hurts type of quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, that That's kind of that. that That's a comp for him.
0: Uh, we're going to get to that super chat from UT Boy now. He said, uh, man, thank you, UT Boy. He said, I sure would appreciate a jaunte thumbnail. We'll have to get with Matt and make that happen for him <laughs> here soon, so – All right. Well, Bobby, we got plenty more questions, plenty of time to get your questions in, so please do so. And uh, here's going back to Trey for just a second. RL from Chatsville says, isn't Trey playing in the All-American game? I know he accepted the award, but is he playing?
1: Yeah, he's supposed to be playing in one. That's one of the reasons we don't think he's going to be joining the team um, in this. Like yesterday, I don't know if everybody heard this, but if you missed yesterday, um, Parker Livingstone, Ryan Wingo, Jordan Johnson-Rubel, and Christian Clark. Um, All four of those guys will be joining Texas the day after signing day and going through bowl practice. Trey Owens and some guys that are playing in All-American games aren't going to be able to do that. And so that's what you're looking forward to right now.
0: Uh, we got a uh, super chat here from Jonathan McKay Thank you Jonathan for this he says wherever Bobby has been my money has followed appreciate what you guys do every day keeping me focused
1: on what really matters in life the Longhorns Googleggle well the great thing about this is your money doesn't have to follow you I mean I, I'm not charging anybody anything I I just I I built this channel and I and I say I built it many people helped me build it so Blake you yourself included Jerry Hamilton in particular, some folks at Inside Texas, all of everybody. But fundamentally, I I built this and started this because I wanted a place where Longhorn fans could unite and root for the horns, not have to pay uh, whatever. And I, look, I believe in subscription services. I've, I've made my livelihood of it. I helped start Rivals and 24-7 and even on three. I'm all for those places. Those are great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I would never say that those are bad things, but this place, this video where I come to talk to you guys every day, I created it in part because I wanted to show people exactly what I want to, I'm a fan of Texas guys. Now I've been a reporter and a writer, all my adult career, manager, editor, all of that stuff. But, there's never been a place where fans could go be fans and relish in it and rejoice in it, in my opinion, and not be divisive or, or persnickety or whatever. That's what I want this place to be uh, in this video, uh, coffee and football and on Texas football, nothing else. I love it. I, I love what y'all, uh, I love the the camaraderie that we built. I hope to add to it. Uh, and I hope to to see people again that, have never been here that haven't been here, uh, but we'll see where all that goes. But I, I love Texas and I hope you guys do too. Um, and uh, what I really want is a win over Washington and the sugar bowl. And I want to see everybody back here, you know, going absolutely eight because we're getting ready to play in the national championship game, but all this other stuff that's happening in the background, I could, I mean, whatever. Texas playing, beating Washington, Texas signing a great recruiting class. So this, train keeps running i'm just in the background saying go (laughs) you know (laughs) and saying because uh i I do enjoy the news and that sex sex scene of it but ultimately you guys i mean you you, i think y'all are just like me and i hopefully i'm just like you i mean that's that's my thought process i agree
0: bobby i think that's what we all want to see is (laughs) i mean what else what else (laughs) is
1: Look, go beat the you know what out of Washington so Texas can play for a national championship.
0: <laughs>
1: In, let, let's
0: don't we oh, want that. that's,
1: that's all I care about.
0: Yeah. I like this comment from B. Valorian. He says, oh. Bobby, reading the Manscaped Dad has kept me running into the bowl. And speaking of, Bobby, it's time to let everybody know about Manscaped. And I got it right here. Santa baby, the season for a fresh cut, is finally here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in Below the Waist Grooming have just launched their fifth generation performance package to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Take care of your special snowflake with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to Manscaped.com and using promo code ONTEXAS for 20% off plus free shipping. And guys, I guarantee you that Mrs. Claus will thank you. I personally use Manscaped products. I can tell you that without a doubt, they are the premier product out there. It also makes a great Christmas gift that you can stuff any stocking with. Manscaped is a one-stop shop for all your holiday needs. They have the perfect gift in the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, which includes loads of perfect stocking stuffers. And what could be better than giving the gift of good hygiene and, of course, a few good laughs with it? Starting with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, this is the crown jewel of the holidays and, dare I say, the best ball trimmer of all time. The Electric Razor's advanced skin-safe technology is a lifesaver and known for reducing nicks and cuts on your Santa sack. And if your boxer game is weak, then take care of your chestnuts with Manscaped's Boxers 2.0 featuring their signature jewel pouts to keep you cool, calm, cool, and collected. So get 20% off and free shipping with code ONTEXAS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using promo code ONTEXAS. And you can say ho, ho, ho to a well groomed mistletoe with Manscaped.
1: <laughs> oh, you're muted, Bobby. I just going to say, Blake, you're a better man than me to be able to read that with a straight face. <laughs> better I man than it. me. <laughs> I love it, Bobby. All right, guys. Our, uh, I'm Bobby- hey. I just want to say this for the people that are over the age of 50. I, you know, I don't, there's a reason. Uh, that's all I'll say. I <laughs> don't go there.
0: Oh, man. All right. I love the comments, too. I, I I have to look away from the comments while I'm reading it, because otherwise I'll start laughing. And so I, I like to go back and read them afterwards. <laughs> but I, I love it, guys. I love it. Uh, we got some super chats we got to get to, Bobby. Uh, Ron S. here, he says, thanks for doing these chats. I'm now going to New Orleans as a result of watching this stream every day, and I'll be at Manning's. Thank you, Ron. Bobby, why don't you tell everybody about Manning's?
1: Yes, I love this. I mean, so yesterday uh, I talked to the, the folks, the Texas One Fund folks, uh, and Rick over there uh, at Surly about this. This is so awesome. We actually had people reach out trying to figure it out. There's still some VIP tickets uh, left, but only if you use the code Bobby right now. It's Otherwise, it's sold out. Um, the VIP ones get you premium alcoholic beverages. Uh, the general admission is still open, and what they have a cash bar, so you can do either or, so you don't have to drink $100 worth of alcohol on that day. But obviously, if you want to go for the VIP, you certainly can. Uh, but the great thing about this is that it's at Manning's and it's owned. The place is owned by Archie Manning, right? We're going to get together. There's already over 400 people signed up. I think as a yesterday it was 300. Now there's 400. This is going to be the biggest party of its kind. I'm going to be there doing some shows, uh, talking to everybody. It's just going to be fun, man. It's just going to be fun. Fifty dollars, and this is what's even better. The the three fifty for per 100 is just the credit card fee. It's really a one hundred dollar amount that goes to fifty of it goes to paying for the food and the non-alcoholic beverage. The other fifty goes straight to the Texas One fund. And so Mannings has over hundred TVs, right? they're gonna there's gonna be all kinds of stuff going on there. Um, and we'll uh, it'll have it's New Year's Day. It opens at 10 am. You literally can watch football games from there all day, hang out with Texas fans. It can be your headquarters. You can come in and out, all of that stuff, right? Um, and it also has one of those um, historic kind of French Quarter overlooks, balconies that you can go out on. There, then as you see this uh, this thing right here, the jazz band playing in this uh, uh, picture that we're looking at, Blake. Yep. There's going to be a second line parade that leaves Manning's at 615, so the game starts at 7:45. An hour and a half before the game, the second line parade, which is a New Orleans tradition, will march. Everybody will march from Manning's to the Superdome, our Superdome, okay. And they're going to be playing New Orleans classics, but they're also going to be playing uh, Texas Fight, the Eyes of Texas, interspersed. And this is going to be a fun time. And I hope people are able to go. Um, it's if, if you can't join, just join the parade, right? Come be with us and hang out. I'm headed to, to New Orleans on Friday uh, before the game and going to be there through Tuesday. It uh, should be a lot of fun, man. I, this is what college football, I mean, the great thing about college football, right, is pro football, you go for a day. Um, pro football, you go for a day. College football, you make a weekend of it, right? And, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the fundamental differences. Come out and hang out with friends, meet new people, you know, get to know people. It's just fun. I mean, I talked to a player's parent last night who called me and said he, he had signed up uh, for it. And uh, one of his friends is a, is a former player that's going to sign up for it. it. It'll be fun. Hopefully we get over a thousand people there eventually, uh, but uh, we'll see how it goes. It's just fun. All
0: right. We got uh, some more to talk about here. Um, Bobby, we got this super chat from Antonio Harris. And he says, watching Jordan Washington's film, the kid, I believe, is a future Kyle Pitts, but more aggressive hook. Of course, we had Jordan on not too long ago. Uh, and his dad, I believe, has been saying that he's super excited to get to Austin on Twitter. So I think Jordan's ready.
1: Yeah, Jordan's going to be one of those guys that uh, I think that Sark and Jeff Banks kind of latched on to earlier than the national pundits, right? Uh AM had, had just started to offer. Alabama had just gotten interested, but Jordan went ahead and committed to the University of Texas. He's also a converted basketball player. How many times do we hear these days about a tight end that was a that really could have been a lower end Division I player or maybe a, a Division II basketball player, but he's 6'4, 6'5, but he can go be a, an NFL level tight end. That's how many times. I mean, seriously, Anthony yeah. Gates, one of the or Antonio Gates, one of the best tight ends of all time, was a mid. Was a, a basketball player at Kent State, became a great NFL tight end. We we hear about it all the time because they have ball skills, they have movement skills, they understand how to. Like one of the things that I, I go back to a guy, the Cleveland Browns, a guy that worked for the Cleveland Browns came in uh, to the office one time. And told me the one thing they look for tight ends in the NFL, he said, it's not it's not height. It's not arm length, per se. It's not speed. It's not quickness. It's what it's one word mismatch. They don't care how you mismatch with someone, per se, whether it's height, arm length, speed, quickness. They really don't care. They just know that you have to have some level of mismatch against a linebacker. So it, with Jatavian Sanders, it could be speed, right? Because he, he's not necessarily long arms. It could be strength even getting through people. Whereas Jordan Washington, it might be length because he's got long arms, right? So what they're looking for in the NFL, and which means that's kind of what Steve Sarkeesian and Jeff Banks are looking for at Texas, is a tight end that creates mismatch. And uh, Jordan Washington does that, in my opinion. Spencer, it. Shannon, Spencer Shannon does that. Gunner Helm does that. You know, just different ways. That's what I was trying to get at. Spencer Shannon is, what, 6'7", I think. That's how it works.
0: Hey, East Sideline Troll says he's going to put on weight easy. But how are the young tight ends developing? I know we had a 6'7", dude. Of course, you're talking about Shannon. But yeah. have you heard anything on their development,
1: Bobby? I, I have, I have, uh, I, I spoke, to, this is funny. I, I met uh, the Shannons actually in line at the Austin airport about three months ago. They were going, they're going back and forth for the games, right? And I saw them. Uh, I mistakenly thought they were the, the Helm family who I'd met at the <laughs> Alabama game. I was like, oh, Gunner's doing great. And they go, oh, we're Spencer's mom and dad. And I was like, oh. <laughs> they, they understood, but they understood. I mean, <laughs> It is what it is uh, but we had a nice little talk and then uh, I followed up on that through my own sources. Uh, Spencer's doing really well uh, expect him to be an inline tight end at this point uh, which takes some development because he didn't start off that way at modern day they they flexed him out a lot Blake but his blocking is with those long arms and he's a little bit of a uh he's a little bit of a grinder if that makes sense. Like they see him as a little hard nosed dude that understands what competition means. So they, that's a, when I hear things like that, that's a, yeah, we like him kind of nod. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. And so uh, look forward
0: to that kind of stuff. Definitely. sounds like they're going to be set there. Well,
1: yeah. they need, they probably need a, a portal guy. They yeah. probably, that's what do. I said eventually. <laughs> well, Holden stays. We think might be coming in today. Well, We'll chat. We're trying to to confirm that and get that get that out there.
0: Uh right, Bobby. We got a super chat. Another super chat from UT boy. Got to thank him again. He said, "If the Lord made anything better than the University of Texas, he kept it for himself."
1: I like. Uh, it. If if uh, <laughs> if God isn't a Longhorn, why does the sunset burn orange? There, <laughs> there you go. go. <laughs> that was an old bumper sticker that I used to have. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh, Philip Howard wants to know injury updates versus Washington. How is the team looking on the injury front?
1: You know, they haven't returned to practice yet, Philip. Uh, they do that on Saturday. Uh, everybody I know of is going through workouts. Worthy was out of a boot, I was told. Somebody said he was in a boot. I was told he's been out of a boot. I literally, other than Austin Jordan right now, I don't know. I'll do a double check, and I, and there will likely be, if there is any news, there will likely be some news post-Saturday. I would put it that way. But we'll be we'll be checking into it.
0: Uh, e. Kim has a good question, Bobby. He says, has the perception of Texas football draft prospects changed with Sarkeesian taking over sans the 2022 draft? I would yes. say
1: yes. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, look, the NFL draft, what what was uh, Matt Miller just put his out?
0: Yeah, last- I was actually looking for when I texted you about that. Uh, yeah. The, uh, Worthy going ninth overall to the Bucks. Mitchell twenty-seven overall to the Chiefs. So two wide
1: receivers in the first round. Not and not to Vondre Sweat. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. And that's Matt Miller of ESPN. So two first-round receivers. Yeah, things have pros, draft prospects have changed, and what's what's even better, it's not just changing for one year. Texas has had, even under Charlie Strong, even under Tom Herman. They've had anomaly years where four or five guys got drafted. What we want to see is seven, eight, nine drafted annually. We want Texas to be Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, maybe LSU. Yeah. That's what. That's that's where Steve Sarkeesian needs to to. That's the that's the company he needs to keep at the at the round table, so to speak. No doubt.
0: All right, Bobby, we got time for a couple more questions. But before we do, if you're ready, I'm going to let you tell folks about Rick Valvro and Austin Underground.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Rick is a good friend of mine and a good friend of the program. Since 2004, Austin Underground has specialized in difficult underground commercial installations. The team's engineering background gives Austin Underground the ability to perform work other firms often consider too risky. Rick and his team offer an end to end client experience, including seamless communication, budgeting, staffing, and top-notch trade partners, and most importantly, they produce solid quality work each and every time. That's Austin Underground people. If you have anything private or public uh, in the public works department that needs help uh, in the uh, underground uh, area, uh, laying laying pipe going from one place to another for big buildings, give Austin, give Austin Underground a call. They are the source in the city, in and around the city of Austin.
0: I want to thank them. And uh, let's see, we had a question here. I got to find what I did with it. Oh, here we go. Texas boy, Teddy, I hate to burst your bubble. He says, can we get a petition for all black alternate uniforms? Chris Del Conte said yesterday, Bobby, there will absolutely be no alternate uniforms under his watch. He He tweeted that out yesterday, so... I'm sorry, Teddy, but it is what it is. CDC says absolutely not on that one. (laughs) And then uh, let's see, Archmania, going back to the Malik Murphy news, and you and I kind of talked about this yesterday, speculated, but do we know where Malik is headed? Has it been discussed? It wouldn't surprise me, Bobby, if he went more toward the West Coast, but you also had a a different thought on that. I'm going to let you share that with
1: folks. Yeah, look, I think quarterbacks are different. They go wherever they can play. And that's where Malik needs to go. If it's Fresno State on the West Coast or UCLA or Arizona State or Cal, something like that, Oregon State, more power to Malik. Yeah, he gets to be closer to home. But let's look at Dylan Gabriel, who's from Hawaii. Okay, Dylan Gabriel from Hawaii went to Central Florida. Then he went to Norman, Oklahoma, and now he's headed to the Pacific Northwest in Oregon. Quarterbacks need to go where they can play, at that age when they're advancing like that. Um, and so, you know, m- the great thing about Malik is that he came out of high school extraordinarily raw, and he has now sat in Steve Sarkeesian's quarterback room with AJ G- Milwe for two years. He will be the better for that, and he wherever he goes, he will be more ready because he spent those two years in Austin than if he set, spent them somewhere else. Um, and again, I I just think the world of a, a guy that tried to give everything he had to the University of Texas, and it's time, it, it literally is time for him to move on. And we look like I think everybody feels the same way go get him, Tiger, you know, yeah, go for it.
0: He's, he's been a heck of a teammate, there ain't No doubt about that. So, to, to all of them,
1: yeah, anyway. I mean, the kids like him, they like everything we hear positive in the locker room. You know, it is what it is, but we just when people, these seven are now eight guys that have been put in the portal by Texas. There's no reason for Texas fans whatsoever. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying we are dogging on these players that are going to the portal. There's there's just no need for that. that they're humans, right? My point of it is um, there are certain guys that gave everything they had for Texas that you can literally, Blake, uh, talk about and, and nod your head to, you know, And and Malik was one of those guys. So let's, let's go kick butt Malik, go do it.
0: All right, Bobby, this next question from John, he says, what's the likelihood that Brooks come Jonathan
1: Brooks comes back next season? I was told that he was unlikely. I've also been told JT Sanders unlikely. I know that there's some conflicting information about that, but um, look, both those guys uh, potential uh, NFL guys that, that uh, I don't know that that that's been decided by anybody yet. But the last I was told is Jonathan Brooks was leaning heavily to going pro. Heavily. All right. And then we'll do one more. Actually,
0: Bobby, I'm going to answer this real quick, if you don't mind, because I have been asked this numerous times and I've never (laughs) said, Blake, who's autographed the baseball is behind me. Um, So the prize one over there is 2011 College World Series team from Texas. Augie is on it, which I think is like, The coolest one. I got a lot more besides these, but there's Drew Jones, Evan Carter, um, Drew Stubbs is over there. Tatis, I got a Tatis ball, and one that people are—I'm probably about to get slaughtered for in the chat. There's a Johnny Manziel autograph baseball right behind me as well. (laughs) So I'll take all the hate coming from that, but you know, it it is. Did you pay him while he
1: was in school? No. Did, you, did, the, did, the, did you give him like the 50 bucks or whatever he got from the miami agent in, while he was a sophomore day and jesus mm-hmm. play it, it
0: was given to me it was given i did not pay any money for it but that is another one I, I got loads of them but that's a few of the ones that are that are sitting there behind me i need to add a couple more over there i need to redo all that back there because it's starting to be a mess but Anyway, <laughs> All throw, right, that Bobby. The,
1: throw that one in the pool and let it get water. <laughs> and then... I'm afraid to even look
0: at the chat comments <laughs> now, but you should, be. Is... <laughs> you should <laughs> be. Oh, man. All right, Bobby, we'll do one more question here and uh, then we better get out of there. And I'm anxious. I want to hear your answer on this from Rick. What player in the Texas secondary is most likely to go first round in the future?
1: The only one I would say is first round um, is uh, Derek Williams. That was going to be mine. And the reason why is I don't, as much as I love Manny Muhammad's savvy, I mean, because he's just a baller, right? I mean, I think he's kind of like, he reminds me of Nathan Vasher. And that's the guy that that Rod uh, has kind of pointed to. And I agree with him. He's kind of. You know Nathan Peay, what seven, eight years in the league, so it's not like he's a. The only issue I don't know that Manny, is at four four corner. I don't I don't know that he really gets up and goes runs runs that well. I think he's four uh, five, but he's got such tremendous ball skills. He he makes up for it right, and he's got really good hips and really good body lean. I but Derek Williams is the guy because he he has all of the speed the size, and he plays safety, not corner, right? And so, um, you know, so of all of the guys in the Texas secondary right now, that's the one that I would say I would circle most likely as a first round. Second one would be Manny. Uh, Third, not sure. Terrence Brooks is probably a mid-round guy at this point, unless he runs better. Um, And then I I haven't seen enough Jelani McDonald or Warren Roberson yet. But those guys come highly, highly recommended, too.
0: Yeah. No, I'm with you on Williams. That was going to be my choice. And then I thought maybe Muhammad, borderline. But I I don't know. We'll
1: see. I like him. I mean, dude. Yeah,
0: he's a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if he's first round.
1: Well, the first round's a beauty contest. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about it. I mean, we just talked about the guy that won the Outland to Vondre Sweat not being in the first round. Yeah, it's, it's that's that's a tall order. I mean, it just Definitely is. Not. And so, you know, so you asked me most likely, I'd say Derek Williams at this point. I'm, the, I'm of the, guys 100%. the on the team. Let's talk about on the team, though. Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning, Kelvin Banks. Yep, those are those are three others that I would say right now that I would lean to actually all three of those guys being more likely first rounders than not.
0: Hey, uh, Bobby, I haven't checked this, but Gage Sheet says uh, that Makuba just tweeted he won't be at Texas today.
1: Uh, it's, if that's the case, that's the case. I mean, I I believe him that he they were trying to get him in, so he won't be going to Oregon either. By the way, hmm. um, so let's see what this means as far as Oklahoma is concerned, because that was the that was the team that was the concern.
0: I know that you'll definitely follow up on it and have an update later today on On Texas Football. And speaking of that, Bobby, tell them what, uh, what you got planned for today right on On yeah, Texas.
1: Yes, absolutely. Football. So the UT Brotherhood podcast with uh, DJ Augustine and Royal Abbey returns with Nick Shuley. That'll be back. Also, I had a one-on-one sit down with Greg Davis, the former Texas offensive coordinator. I got up with Greg to talk about the Texas Team This year and what he's seen. Uh, And then later tonight, uh, football theory returns. It'll be Rod Babers and Bob Shipley uh, breaking down Texas versus Washington. Uh, It'll be Bob's first go at doing a a football theory podcast with Rod. Uh, It should be fun. Uh, Rod said he had a great time with Bob uh, taping that. So uh, be prepared for that uh, later tonight as well. And of course, we'll be back if there's any breaking news as well, Blake. Yeah. And Donald
0: Brett, yes, you did, man. You did miss the manscape read. You can always go back and rewind it, but Bobby, that's a heck of a lineup, man. I mean, it really is. When you think about the basketball portion, Bob and Rod, that's going to be awesome. And then you and Greg Davis, that's, that's some awesome content. No doubt about it. Longhorn fans should love it.
1: I, so. I'm excited. Uh, we're, we're going forward. And, and um, I would say uh, the other thing that uh, we we need to circle back on is the commitment of Kobe black a little bit. I just want to, um, that's 21 commitments for Texas. Aaron Hampton reaffirmed his. I, I was concerned that maybe Aaron Hampton or Freddie Debose or one of those guys might peel off at the end of this class. Jarrett Gibson at one point was that way, uh, Blake, that we were concerned about. Mm-hmm. But it looks like all of those guys are settled. Texas has more than 10 of these guys coming in for unofficial visits this weekend, Blake. So it is a big weekend on the 40 and we'll see how it comes out. That's right.
0: Hey, and then don't forget, Freddie DuBose will be playing uh, in the state championship game tomorrow. Today, you got a good lineup, too. Albany and Marit, Molikoff and Franklin, and then Gunner and Tidehaven. So, some really good games uh, starting today. So, you can consume all that on Texas football content throughout the day and watch the games and a great great football day, no doubt about it. All right, well, we want to thank you all for tuning in today. Uh, thank you for all the super chats. We got to thank Rick Vavro and Austin Underground, Manscaped, Prize picks, and then uh, Haley Eckerman as well for coming on. That was that was very interesting. Don't forget the women volleyball team in the final four tonight against Wisconsin. There's not a set time, as Bobby explained later, but you can catch that on ESPN. So good luck to the to the volleyball team tonight. But other than that, Bobby, I think that's it for right now. So we're gonna get out of here for Bobby Burton. I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you
1: tomorrow morning. Yeah, let's see if Holden Stace shows up on campus today. Let's see. There you go.